To another episode of Italo's Black Bag Radio, and this time around, guys, you will be able to see both me, Italo, and my guest, Jessalyn, on the screen. So, if you're watching this on YouTube, you are watching us um, figure out Zoom and how it works. Uh, but yes, it was a wonderful uh, show and a wonderful interview. I will for sure have Jessalyn come in again she's my friend from tiktok she's been a wonderful um friend a friend that i just found on the tiktok and i was glad to have her on so without further ado i will give to you jessalyn milford welcome to italo's black flag radio italo's black flag radio I'm 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 really obsessed about my background, so sorry about that. So this is Italo from Italo's Black Tag Radio. Hello, welcome to a new show. And as you can see, if you're on YouTube, I already have Jessalyn Milford on, and she looks wonderful. I love her earrings. I love her everything. You're glowing today. Thank you. So how you doing this morning? Excellent. I'm having a really great few days, so super good. Good, good, good. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, Jessalyn and I, we met through TikTok. <clears throat> and it was, uh, my, I don't know if it was my mistake, but Michaela, I don't know if it was on Michaela's live or during my live, she came on to start talking about movies and how she loved the movies. And from then on, I, I started going on her lives. And she just blew up one day when she started reading uh, tarot cards. People weren't very excited. I always tell her that she reminds me of Whoopi Goldberg in that movie, <laughs> uh, where there's all these ghosts coming and she's like, ah! That's amazing. <laughs> it's great, but it's kind of overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Incredibly, yes. <laughs> so tell us what is that, how, how has that been for you? It's been super good. Like, I'm really enjoying the interactions that I'm having with people. Um, you get a lot of pushy people that come in. My favorite are the people that come in and call me a Satanist or, yeah, say that I'm channeling demons. Um, just, it's, I think it's glorious. I love it because I think it's hilarious. So it's been really good. Um, but it does get really overwhelming, especially when we get like one day there were 70 people and they all want something, right? So everybody's asking and it's impossible to follow. Um, I had one, one of my moderators, Amanda, was taking a list, putting people's names down and then we would do 10 at a time. And, um, 
after it was over, when I said, I'm, I'm done, I can't do anymore, she started getting harassing messages from users on TikTok. They were mad that um, they didn't make a list or it didn't happen. And this is just something we're doing for fun, right? Like, I'm doing it because I'm having a good time. She's doing it because she's having a good time. So I stopped doing it that way um, because I don't think that that's very fair. Right. But it has been amazing. <laughs> And I'm meeting a lot of really cool people. Right. <clears throat> and then um, how, do, how do you respond to those people that call you uh, a witch or a satanic? I don't know what they call you, but what do you say to those people? Like what? Well, first of all, I am very witchy. So that's fine. Um, when somebody, my favorite is when when they say that I'm channeling the demonic. Um, because number one, that's a terrible idea. Why in the world would I do that? Number two, I don't believe in demons in that way. So it doesn't bother me. Like they're fun in movies, but I don't feel that that's a truth for me. So the next card I pull after they say that I say, to whomever's car, like to whomever it is, that the demons would like you to know that meditation is a really great idea um, and just kind of fool around with it until they head off. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it's just interesting to me that how, how people assume things and how people. Yeah, absolutely. And um, TikTok is such a positive. Um, play so it's this well you're gonna find them anywhere but but yeah i mean your your advice to me so far and to whoever's listening on your lives is always positive it's never yeah. never meant to say this is gonna, this what's gonna happen to you you're gonna meet the men of your life today or you're gonna be traveling right. you don't say any of those things which is to me a little bit uh of uh, you controlling the destiny of the people. Like you're not doing that. Right. No, no. And I would never presume to know. Um, like we can do readings that are like 12 months. So you can do a full year. However, it still only gives you the feeling of the months, the energy around that month um, based on whatever's happening cosmically at the time of the reading. So anything can change. Um, when you leave your house, today if you decide to take the bus instead of walking or you decide to drive then each one of those things is going to change how your day was potentially going to go so with so many choices to make and so many different ways to go i don't believe that we can tell people um exactly what's going to happen we can give them an idea of what it will feel like but it's up to you to make the decisions right um fate only controls so much of what happens and then we have to do the rest of the work hmm. so it's up to us basically to it's basically up to us what what how do we dictate how our lives how our day is going to go um whether you choose to go here or there you're still in charge of your destiny. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely believe that. Um, I do believe we have people that are put in our lives and put in our paths on purpose and it happens organically. Um, but I would never be the type to presume to know what someone else 
needs in their life. Um, because even with a card reading, especially when it's a single card, I don't actually know the person. So I don't know their situation. I don't know what they're facing today. So I can only give um, like that general feeling. And it seems that most people resonate when it happens. And that's enough confirmation for me that it's going the way that it's supposed to. Great. Yeah. <clears throat> well, moving on to because just so you know, people that are listening or watching, um, we had a whole show oh yes the other day um, that went so well until I realized I wasn't recording. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that um, that's one of the things that I had to learn the hard way, right? And not only that, but it, it taught me to overcome that obstacle that I always had, where I don't like to look. I don't like to look at the people that I'm talking to. I don't know if that makes sense, but <clears throat> to me, it's more of a personal choice. Now that I don't like seeing myself, I, I, I'm not used to it. Uh, but it was like one of those things where I had to just do it. Just And then how perfect that you are the first one that, you know, that I'm having that I, I already know you a little bit because mm -hmm. it was like, you know, it was like, Oh my God, this is the worst <laughs> ever, guys. Um, but it's, it's taught me something in that. That's one of the things that I can just check off the list as soon as we're done. And, you know, it's a new venue, a new venture for me. And anything that's new is scary. It's, it's what I, I, you know, I, I gather from that and just uh, overcome it and see how it goes. Well, you're doing a great job so far. Oh, thank you, thank you. And I have that background, guys. If you're on YouTube, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, we were talking. So going back to what what I was going to talk tell you or talk to you about was the reason that we started doing it for, in the first place, and there was um, talk about our. You you had gone through a lot as I have uh, with our parents. And we were talking about mothers and fathers and narcissist, narcissism um, and all those topics. And you had, <laughs> you had gone through a lot in order to get to where you are today. You're, you look so relaxed. You look so composed. You look so oh, thank together. You. But people don't know the history of how you became the person you are today. Right. So tell us a little bit of what how what happened to where you are today so if we go all the way back to the beginning in the beginning there was me and i was born um and actually had a stroke at the time of birth so i um ended up with cerebral palsy which is a birth injury so that was difficult for most of my life. That was the beginning difficulties. Um, and uh, I had a narcissist mother and an alcoholic father. So neither of them were really taking care of my needs when it came to the cerebral palsy. I didn't ever have any uh, physical therapy. I didn't see anyone. I wasn't diagnosed until I was two years old. Um, and then my parents divorced 
when I was about eight, my mother um, met a new man and we very quickly moved in with him and changed cities. And he was really great at first, but then turned out to be very abusive, um, verbally, emotionally, sexually. And um, that went on for years from about the time I was 11 or 12 until I was 16. And then I got pregnant in high school. I moved out of my home and ended up in a relationship with another narcissist who was awful to me and awful to my daughter. And I was so lost that I just allowed it all to happen. Um, so I spent about four years in that relationship, in that situation. And when that ended, I was out on my own, like truly on my own, I think for the first time. And that's when I met my husband and we got married shortly, two years after and have been together now for 13 or we've been together 15 years, married for 13 and when I met him, it was that was when my mind finally allowed itself to kind of open up and spill out all of these things that I had been taking on and carrying, you know, dealing with narcissistic parents, um, dealing with trauma and abuse, um, both from a young age and then into my first real relationship. Um, so it was at that point that my brain finally said, okay, we're safe, we're settled. Um, you don't have to be afraid anymore. And then it all started to spill out. So for about the last decade, I've been working really hard to take care of my mental health and kind of resolve these things so that I can keep moving forward. And it hasn't been until this year that it finally felt like little bombs were going off, like these little things that were clicking and finally in place so that I could begin uh, feeling like the person I always wanted to be. So I've, I'm, I'm finally on my way. Like, I feel like I'm in the final stretch now, nearing the finish line. So it's pretty satisfying um, to look back and know that it started in such, a, in such an odd place and got dark. And now here we are coming out on the light side. And I'm really loving that. Right. <clears throat> and we, we have a similar story as well, right? So we were talking about <clears throat> how, how manipulative, well, in your case, I think it was more of a, I don't know, I don't know if it was an overt narcissism that you were experienced. In my, in my case, it was more of a covert. Right. Narcissism, which is, in, in, in Seb's opinion, because we were talking to Seb the other day, is more dangerous because it's so insidious. It's so creeping in. I didn't realize this until I was in my 40s and I'm 48 now. So <clears throat> it's never too late to, to realize, you know, I mean, yeah, I was, I was um, nobody around me knew what to tell me or knew how to advise me on it. They saw it. You know, they saw it and they experienced it and they didn't say a word. So having your husband now be the enlightened witness, as they call him, um, it helped me as well because um, 
there was nobody around and, and to tell me like, I see this is happening. Why is your mother treating you this way? Why is she treating you this way? Um, was there anybody around you that before your husband came in the picture, was there anybody around that told you like, uh, Jessaline, this is not normal. Like, no. Like um, I actually tried telling some people um, when my mother's husband became sexually abusive is when I started trying to tell people. So I told my friends in high school, like, this is what's going on. And I mean, we were 15 years old. So the guys were acting tough, like they were going to come and, you know, beat him up. Um, but then some of my other friends thought, well, there's no way he's too nice. Your family looks so happy. I mean, we went skiing every winter. We went, um, we had a trailer at, um, one of the big lakes. So we got to do things all the time. We went to theme parks. We did family stuff. So people believed that that meant it had to be stable um, so then I tried telling one of my aunts, um, on my father's side and she called my mother to tell her that I was telling lies about her and her husband. So that was the last time I tried to say anything to anyone. And it wasn't until, um, I met a friend and we both kind of bonded over the same kind of thing. Um, so she was the first person um, before Ryan. And it was only about six months before him. It was all happened very quickly. Right. And it's, it's I don't know if you had this, but it was in, the, it's in those moments that not only did I feel all alone, I felt like I, didn't, I couldn't trust anybody. Um, I was afraid. I was actually afraid of uh, going out and, and just driving off because I didn't feel, um, I feel like everything had been a lie up until that point. And I don't know if you ever experienced that where you couldn't trust, who can you trust? You can trust, yeah. you can even trust your own judgment. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> I think That's that was the hardest part was not trusting yourself, especially when you um, have a narcissist in your life, because then they're gaslighting you. And it happened to me all the time. So um, before I got married, um, my nan, so my mom's mom, um, we had just lost her, her husband. So my granddad, um, and my mother wasn't invited to my wedding. Um, because I knew her behavior and didn't want anything to do with it, um, which was obviously very hard for me to go through getting married without my mom. Um, I did have my dad, him and I are friends now, and we have a great relationship. So that was great. Um, but I invited my nan and my great nan. So like the rest of my mom's family, it's very, very small. Um, most of her family still lives in England. So uh, there are only very few here who are still living. And I was sitting with my nan and she was mad. She was so mad at me. Why does your father get to come to this wedding, but not your mother? And I kept telling her, you don't want to hear what I have to say. I, you know, you don't want any part of this, but she kept pushing me and pushing me. So I told her all the things that had happened. Um, she immediately disowned my mother and 
she kept saying, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And I don't know how you're supposed to answer that question. Um, because everybody I did tell decided that I was full of it. And I think she would have been the same way at the time as well. If I had said, hey, this is what's happening. I think there would have been excuses made. Um, so that's when I told her mother about it. And so then obviously my nan contacted my mom and said, what is going on? What did you do? Um, my mother being the person she is denied all of it. Um, and sent me this nasty email about how dare I spread lies about her. So then if this is the way that somebody handles your story, no, these are lies. What you're saying isn't true. Then you start to think like, am I remembering this correctly? Or, or is it for real? Like, did I actually imagine this? So it's almost impossible when you have a narcissist in your life to be able to do any of that because they gaslight you so bad and make you believe that you're, you're incorrect. No, it didn't happen that way. Um, so then we start to doubt our own selves. So if you can't trust yourself, how do you trust the people around you? Um, because you can't even trust your feelings on those people because you have no idea what reality is anymore. So I think that's been one of the most challenging pieces. <clears throat> so you reminded me of something that happened because uh, <clears throat> like I, I like to write and everything, but um, so I, I kept a journal. Sometimes I will keep a journal just to make sure that I'm not making this up. And I was trying to be as honest as I could. Right. <clears throat> And it happened uh, with my dad. He texted me one day and he told me all these things about me. And um, I decided to to leave that text and not delete it because, and some of the evidence, right? I, I see it as evidence. Like, this yeah. is what I'm going to use next time that I doubt myself, next time that I'm, you know, about to call. I have to remind myself, look at, the, yes. look at the, look at the email, look at the whatever letter, uh, just keep it because that'll reassure you, like you did not make this up. Right. I have a couple of emails like that, that I've saved, um, or just taken screenshots of certain parts so that I can read that part and remind myself. But what a horrible thing to have to do to remind yourself of how awful someone was to you simply so you don't fall into their traps again. Yep. <laughs> it, right. It's insane. Um, I, I don't have any relationship with my mother now. It's been um, 14 years approximately since the last time I really interacted with her, like on a level that was um, comfortable and like semi happy everything since then has been either arguing or just complete cutoff. Um, so I get the occasional message. She tries to get to people around me instead, you know, to my uh, dad's family. She tries to get to me through them. Uh, she was even going on to my Facebook and, and stealing pictures of my kids to print off and put in her house yeah, crazy. Um, so she still does reach through or attempts to. Um, I've just learned to ignore all of it. Does that make you at all 
guilty? Does it make you feel like maybe just change? Maybe I should no. maybe get older? You know what I'm saying? Like not even a little bit because I've done it so many times that I know I know this this record and it would be my fault if I kept playing it over and over again so I know what's happening I actually did at one point um speak to her and say um I I'm not cutting you off for life I'm telling you that we need therapy so when you can agree that we need to go to therapy and do this together then we can start talking to each other because it has to be built from the ground up, not as a mother daughter relationship, but as a person to person relationship. I don't like you. And if we want to solve this, we need to start from the beginning. Um, and she refuses to take part. So that's always open. If she were to call me tomorrow and say, okay, um, I've booked a therapy session and I would like you to come. I would absolutely be there. Do you think that she has the um, self-awareness that she's, what she's done to you at all? Or No, absolutely not. Um, I've brought it up a few times. I try not to uh, talk about it with her too much because it just turns into um, a sob story about her life and how she was a victim in her own life. Um, and I refuse to play that part uh, for her or for myself. And... Um, yeah, I, sorry, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Off it went into the distance. Girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I understand it because, um, like, I, I want to give, I am such a naive person because I want to give people the, the, benefit of the, the benefit of the doubt. And I, like you, I, I had done, I have given my parents or especially my my father, who I don't I don't speak to anymore. I've given him so many chances and so many ways to uh, make it up to me and and or prove him prove to him that I'm you know I'm a I'm an adult and I can yeah. make my decisions. So, but my mother is even more difficult for me. I even have struggles to to this day to to say no. Like yeah. she asked me yesterday, just yesterday, she asked me, she's like, well, I'm going to go to the doctor's office and I need you to uh, come pick me up. And I was like, I couldn't say no. But at the same time, I was like, well, text me the day before. Because I know yeah. that text me the day before, I'd be like, I can't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like prepare myself for any favors or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to say no, I'd want right away that at the same time like, I don't want to say yes right that's hard that's super hard it's like a balance like yeah uh, it takes a lot of practice yeah it does having to say no because we don't I mean as people who have suffered through trauma we like to please other people um, so it makes it incredibly difficult knowing that you're going to say something that somebody else is not going to appreciate and stay and stand firm in what you're saying and the decisions that you're making. It's really, really difficult. If I didn't have Ryan, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Um, he taught me how to do those things because he is that type of person. Mm -hmm. 
So he showed me how to properly say no and how to um, you know, put myself first. Uh, so it's been a huge learning curve because I'm a mega people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, so am I. <clears throat> and yeah, it's just hard to to say no because I want to be seen as the person that you can always count on. Yep. Be a good friend. I'm, the, I'm there to listen to you. But then it comes to a point where you're like, well, what about me when I need somebody? Yes. When I need to talk to somebody. And it's it's actually been really hard to find somebody that I can tell them everything that's happening to me without feeling that I'm being judged. Yeah. Uh, it's it's luckily I found you because I'm like finally somebody that can Yeah. Everybody's like, Oh, your mom is so nice and your mom and your dad and my my cousins are all telling me like you should call your dad, he's getting old and He's, you know, he wants to no, yeah. move past this and move past that. I'm like, I'm past all that. So right. I'm good. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, my honest, I have one fear, one fear. If my mother were to pass away, that she would haunt me for real. <laughs> that's, that's my only fear. Like, if I found out today that she passed away, I would have a little bit of sadness. Like, I'm sorry that a life has been lost. But I would feel like I have no connection to her. Yeah. Your, so, your, your, your earring yeah. is touching the thing. <laughs> I the hear thing? like a click, click, click. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Every time I move my head, I'll take that one out. Every time I move my head, it clicks. I love it. Um, but yeah, like click, 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 click. <laughs> So, yeah, my only real fear is that she would haunt me and make my life miserable because that's well, how much I care. My mother told me, and this, is, this was in front of my boyfriend, he told me that I will, she will always be with me even beyond, beyond life. So when she dies, she's going to be with me. And I didn't see it as creepy. He thought it was the creepiest thing ever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna find you forever and ever. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like very much fun. <laughs> right. And uh, my mom's always, she's always uh, coming up with ways to guilt me into, like, she bought um, ur- urns. So when she dies, she wants to be cremated. <laughs> she already bought it. And I'm like, <laughs> my, so- my, sharing this with me before you bought it and uh, so she's already making plans as to what's going to happen when she dies like she's always doing this it's not yeah. funny, right and i'm like at, the, at first I, I, I got upset because i'm like well i don't want to think, think about you when you die like why do you have to bring it oh wait 10 minutes upgrade mm. no oh, I don't yeah all right hold on I, I, that's okay i hate that about zoom well we can do a part two we got 10 minutes. That's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, she always gills me into um, having me think what's going to happen when I die. I'm like... Right. Well, I might right. die before you. Like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Exactly. But there's always, always that hanging around, hanging above my yeah. head. Yeah. Think about her when she dies, you know. And... Oh, no. That's so terrible. <laughs> I feel what you're saying when yeah you with you know you're being so spiritual and and with the tarot cards and 
Yeah, you don't want to have that static. No, I absolutely don't. I do actually have fear, though, like even while talking about this stuff, that somehow she's going to hear it or, you know, my dad's going to hear it or somebody who doesn't like this story is going to hear it. Um, I remember my sister... I have two sisters. One of them used to have a blog. She's hilarious. Um, and she had said something about our mother and the way that she had treated us. And she, my mother found it and went on in the comments forever. Yeah. Do you want to know what she said? She actually said, I should have kept my legs closed all three times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? Cool. Thanks, mom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It's so, terrible. Yeah. And I mean, do you allow, this is the point, another point is like, do you allow a friend, right, to tell you those things? And it's right. like, no, you wouldn't, right? But it's your mother. So do you allow your mother to do that? Is she, she supposed to be your friend? I know it's so hard and I understand this as well from the mother perspective because my daughter is my oldest daughter is very much like my mother. Um, so I've said to her before, um, like if you were anyone else, we wouldn't be talking to each other right now because I wouldn't be okay with somebody treating me the way that you're treating me right now. So the only reason we're still talking is because you're my child um because she's very similar in personality to my mother very um her way of thinking is very self-centered and uh she gets mad and yells at me and berates me right so I'm kind of in the middle on either side with my mother and then with my daughter um but at least with my daughter we can work on it because I see it I know it so let's do the things we need to do to repair and make sure that this relationship stays healthy from now until forever. So the same thing doesn't happen to us. Right, right. So what do you think is the influence on your daughter? Who is I, don't, I don't know. She's always been that way um, ever since she was really little. So I think it's a personality trait. I do believe that she has some mental health um, illnesses herself but won't see a doctor for it. So has decided that she doesn't need to know what's going on. Um, so I think that it, she comes by it naturally, but I mean, her age as well plays into it um, because at 22, we're very selfish. Um, but she has that same kind of personality in that when she gets mad, she digs deep and finds the best way to hurt you so that the situation will change and she can get what she's actually asking for. Hmm. Okay. So basically she, she finds something in you that she can use as a weapon. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, right from the time she was probably about seven years old when I talked to her about our life, oh, eight, when I talked to her about our life before, um, when things were bad and I wanted to be nothing like my mother. So I apologized right away. I'm so sorry that I ever put you through this. You didn't deserve it. 
Um, I'm sorry I wasn't a good mother. You deserve to have everything in this life and I'm sorry I couldn't provide it for you. And as soon as I did that once, every single time something came up, she would pull that back out and say, hey, remember when and just throw it at me. She did it as recently as three weeks ago um, where she just finds, she knows the things that hurt me um and pulls them out and throws them at me so it's difficult but i mean she's young enough that i think we'll get through it and be able to actually find our way because we are going to do counseling family counseling um so that should be better right right. (laughs) well i hope i hope it it all works out i know it's hard it's, it's not hard when it's a family member um yeah, and I'm and I'm and I cannot speak from experience because I haven't I haven't suggested this to my mother um, to go to therapy with her. Right. And I'm, I feel very awkward about it. Like I even yeah. talking about stuff with her, and so what I decided to do is just to put a boundary between us. Yeah. Even, even if she doesn't understand the term, because I didn't understand the term boundary, so just building those walls, you know, and it's just allowing, just open the window once in a while. Yes. Close yeah. it up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. We're going to see if this works or not. Um, I don't want to. Hopefully keep... it does. <laughs> three minutes, but let's, let's just uh, say that it's going to be part one. Okay. Um, I do want to have a part two, hopefully. Uh, but we have to see if this worked out, yeah, and, okay. you know, but I do want to thank you, Jessalyn, for coming, calling. Uh, thank you gonna, so much. I'm going to talk more about these topics, um, but anything you want to say to your fans or your people that are following you? Oh, can you imagine fans? <laughs> what is that? I am just so blessed, honestly, that people have decided that they like my presence and want to include me as part of their lives, as small as it is. I am so honored that people feel that way. So I'm just kind of in awe about the whole thing. Right. <clears throat> well, then she's great. I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, follow you any day if you're alive, you know, just to say hi. Follow her on TikTok. You're, you're very... Um, very uh yeah you're very outspoken very you know generous you're very welcoming so anybody that wants to see her if you want to have a book in, uh a reading from her though if you want to give her you know a, a mess message i'm going to put all the information below whether it's on tiktok whether it's on email and, and they can contact you and give you you can you know try it a reading or if you want to if you don't think this is witchcraft or this is not the demonic, <laughs> then she's good. She's good for it. A good, you're a good witch. A good witch, yes. Thank you, Victor. So it says here we have less than a minute. So guys, you didn't see this coming. You didn't expect me to see to see me as as I'm seeing Jessalyn here below. <laughs> so. so now you can understand <laughs> what I was dealing with. I was trying to find out how to uh, end the live and the call and recording all at once as I was trying to end the podcast. But yeah, let me know what you think, what you guys think. If you like to see me, 
if you just like to listen to me. If you're on Spotify or um, Anchor, of course, you don't even understand <laughs> what's going on. But if you've seen me on YouTube and you like the way the show will be going going forward, please make a comment below. Also, like, share, comment. Uh, if you'd like to see what topics you'd like to see, what guests you'd like me to interview. But uh, this was a trial and error. Uh, I think it was su successful the second time. And Jessalyn Milford was gracious enough to pay a visit and give a little bit of, my, of her time to me. And I really appreciate her as a guest and as my first uh, Zoom um, guest to come on the air with Italo. And uh, yeah, next time it will probably be <laughs> better than the first time. As, as I always say, I like to always learn new things. They're scary to learn, but once I learn it, I think I will be able to master it. So thank you guys. You didn't see this coming. 